Hello, everyone. My name is Father Jacob Rouse, and I'm the pastor of Notre Dame Parish in Cresco, Iowa. And I am here with my co-hosts, Father Kevin Earlywine and Father Greg Ball. And uh, Kevin, would you like to uh, introduce yourself? Yes. Hello. I'm Father Kevin Earlywine. Uh, I'm a pastor of St. Patrick's uh, Catholic Church in Hampton and St. Mary's in Ackley. Yeah, Father Greg Ball. Uh, I serve as the part-time half a half-time chaplain at Mount Mercy University in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and my other half a hat is uh, working for the bishop's office as the director of the Office of Worship and Liturgy for the Archdiocese of Dubuque. Marvelous. So, if it's not obvious already, we are on a podcast right now. Yay. <laughs> um, and uh, funny thing, uh, we we're as I was typing in the episode title, um, we had talked about Dubuque, Eucharistic Revival, uh, De- and someone in our group uh, suggested uh, Dubuque-eristic, and every single person I posed that to said we should go with it. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> Dubuque-eristic <laughs> Revival. That's an absolutely horrible idea, and I was against <laughs> it, even though it was my idea. <laughs> and yet here we are. So um, this <laughs> this podcast is uh, our local effort um, intended to uh, kind of rally our um, local uh, ministries, experts, uh, different activities going on in uh, our Archdiocese of Dubuque and to partner with the national and worldwide movement that is called the Eucharistic Revival. So Father Greg, can you give us a little... Uh, little background on what is exactly the Eucharistic Revival. Sure. Um, So this is an American, the United States Council of Catholic Bishops, the bishops of of the U.S., wanted to respond to this sense that Catholics particularly are kind of getting away from their appreciation or their understanding or just this acknowledgement of how truly just grand that great gift of the Eucharist is for us. Um, I know that there's this uh, survey that goes out, uh, I want to say every 10 years, and it it surveys uh, religion and politics, or I think mostly religion, uh, and questions around these things. Uh, And every year, and increasingly so, there's this like, a demonstrative sense of a lack of understanding of what the Eucharist is, even among Catholics. And so in response to that, uh, the, our bishops have called on the diocese to, just to make some efforts to have this Eucharistic revival. And so there's all sorts of resources that are being made available. There's a three-year plan um, so last year there was like this idea of like a year of diocesan revival. So at the level of the clergy and the level of the bishop's offices and kind of the administrative and institutional level of the church, there was a lot of exploration and catechesis around the Eucharist. I know in our own diocese, we had a, a priest um, study day um, around the liturgy. Um, we've offered like uh, Eucharistic themes and some emphases in men's conferences and women's conferences and Kind of a bigger, bigger, broader uh, picture. Uh, there's a three-year, pro- uh, three-year process of it. Now we've entered into what we want to call a year of parish revival, and that's one of the things that this podcast is looking to kind of encourage. Show some examples or talk about some local examples of uh, parish revival or Eucharistic activities that are happening. 
Um, but this year is the year of parish revival. And following on that is one of the most important things as disciples of Christ, nourished by the Eucharist, is the year of mission. And so in June 2024 to June 2025, you know, after spending a couple of years ruminating on these things, kind of steeping ourselves in, in Eucharistic theology, um, to recognize that we are nourished to, to go out into the world as Catholics, to go and propel our communities into this new chapter of faith and mission, this a real sense of uh, this recognition of um, that the Eucharist is not just a me and Jesus relationship or even a Jesus nourishing us uh, both you know, physically and spiritually um, to, to enter into the world, but also we are called to respond to these things. And so there's pillars of like personal encounter, uh, reinvigorating devotion, uh, a deeper formation, which is more than just catechesis, is more than just teaching. Formation is, you know, how can we be better disciples? And then um, a missionary sending forth into the world. And so these are kind of the goals that as a, as a, uh, the country has as a Catholic church uh, for us. And uh, there's all sorts of wonderful resources that are being made available. And and hopefully this podcast can can kind of point us to some kind of the greater uh, resources, uh, but also the kind of local efforts as well. And that's kind of, kind of, a I don't know if there's, a, do you have any questions, thoughts? Yeah. In my... Well, the first thing that comes to mind is, is, um, I think some of our listeners will know, uh, the term source and summit. The Eucharist is, uh, defined by the catechism as, uh, the source and summit of our faith. So if it's something that is so high up there, on importance, and if it's something we do every single week or every single day for daily mass, why does there need to be a, a three-year hierarchy engaging big project? I mean, it's something that's always there for us. Why do we need to have all this stuff about it? But it's a well. That's the thing. There's a beauty of journey and the the holy. I love that source and summit imagery, right? Because that's mountain imagery. You know, you think summit, you think the peak, the pinnacle, the Eucharist being the presence of Jesus Christ is the pinnacle. That's the, everything we strive for. And yet at the same time, it's the source. Uh, it's the root of the mountain and that, that, that runs deep. It's the foundation which everything is all built up. Well, between that source and summit, there's this entire beautiful journey that we're called to. Uh, so many of the things of our faith are eternal realities and, and, and the things outside of time. And in a very real way, there's a journey aspect to this. There's a, uh, it's a climbing of the mountain. There's a playing on the mountain, I, I think. Uh, and in doing so, it's inviting other people to, to know just that kind of the greatness, the greatness of, of what it is, I think. I, yeah, I love that. And that phrase, source and sum, has always spoken to me for that, for that reason, because it's just so, I don't know. Yeah, Jacob. All right. Excellent. So we're, uh, we're not just uh, looking at the top. We are climbing, playing, and adventuring up a mountain together. Mm. I, like I like that. that. So uh, that brings us to the local level. Uh, Father Kevin, can you share a little bit about um, how this idea came into your brain, um, either through a dream or yeah. a Holy Spirit or what it was? Yeah. How, how are we here? Yeah. Well, thank you. Good question. Yeah. So kind of building off of what Father Greg said. So there's been this national movement of Eucharistic revival. Um, so trying to reengage. Uh, people in the pews uh, about the profundity, the beauty, the many facets and aspects of the mystery of the Eucharist, right? That it's not just a little wafer and wine, you know, because sometimes it can be easy to think, well, this little 
wafer and this, you know, little nibble on a wafer and a little sip of wine. How can that be the source and summit, excuse me, of my entire Christian life, right? How can this be the totality? And of course, it's because we believe Jesus is really, truly present uh, in that, not just in a symbol, symbolic way, um, though there are symbolic dimensions, but in a real presence way, right? His flesh and blood, the living God coming into us. And then there's many facets of that reality of how that then is to play out in our life. You know, it's not just to be siloed on Sunday, um, but on the rest of our life. And um, and I personally have had a kind of a, some beautiful experiences with the Eucharist, which I may be sharing in a bit more about. But um, but with that, it's um, so so just as kind of trying to think of ideas. Well, how are we to engage this uh, this Eucharistic revival on a local level, and kind of in sparking conversations with many people, realizing that there are a lot of um, both inspiring people um, who have beautiful stories connected to the Eucharist um, as well. And as well as just like many different things going on at various parishes, um, whether events, whether just efforts of the parish and things like that. And so, um, and so while there's a lot of, I'm sure probably many great podcasts out there about our Catholic faith or the Eucharist, um, this, the goal of this is to kind of highlight, um, as was said, a more local level, um, kind of just like highlighting different people, um, and of what they're doing parishes. So, um, so the, the idea of this podcast is to kind of highlight the many facets of the beautiful Eucharistic mystery by sharing, you know, some episodes will be a little more, uh, people sharing their conversion stories, uh, of which the Eucharist has been a part of it. Some of it will be people sharing about kind of a little more teaching, a little more catechetical about the Eucharistic mystery. Um, kind of what is the Eucharist? How do we understand this? Uh, kind of teaching aspect. And then some will be kind of highlighting just what are some cool events, movements, things that people are doing uh, connected Eucharistic revival around the diocese. Um, so trying to highlight that on a local level that as part of that. So that's excellent. So um, we all have access to uh, Father Mike Schmitz and uh, Matt Fred, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But Bishop Barron. Bishop, yep, Bishop Bob Barron. Um, but they don't, those big names don't have access to what's going on in Rhinebeck or Waterloo. Um, so I think that's uh, that that's good. That, that summarizes the goal of what we're about here. Uh, so we've talked about the national level, now the uh, diocesan level, the parish level. Now let's uh, get down to the personal level. Um, Father Greg, can you share just a little bit about what um, the Eucharist or the true presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist has um, either meant for you in your life or your priesthood? So I'm in the office of in the office of worship and liturgy and this idea of this outward expression, they talk about this visible expression of invisible realities in the sacraments and this idea, like all the sacraments do what they symbolize. Right. And so it's this, like, I, my, my sense of the Eucharist is, um, well, let me come at it this way. Sometimes people come to me confession. I don't know if you guys have this experience. I'm sure you do where people will come to confession and they'll say something along the lines of like, I'm struggling with the same sin over and over again. Or I, I just, I don't know if I have it within me to be holy. And uh, sometimes I outright say it. If I'm cheeky enough, I'll say it to myself about like, you know what? You're right. You don't. <laughs> and then they're like, well, that's not what I expect to hear because they want to be encouraged or whatever, um, that we are not alone in our striving to be holy. And my Eucharistic devotion particularly, um, and at the Mass, is to you know like, 
Jesus is so present and his word proclaimed and his sacrament celebrated and the people gathered in this, this church is proclaiming your truths that we can manifest and experience these visible expressions of Jesus truly present. And when you, when we take in the Eucharist, there's this experience of the, just the fullness of who Jesus is. And it's just, that to me was what moves me the most is like this expression and this reception to know that we are physically nourished. I don't know how many calories are in a host, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but no, it's on the but, calorie but, count, the, 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 the visible versus the invisible, uh, that the invisible grace is infinite that we're tapping in. We have everything we need to be perfect, to be holy, to be saints. Cause Christ himself, body, blood, soul, divinity, as you guys know, fully alive, fully present, comes to us and nourishes us. And so like sacraments do what they symbolize. And so as we, this is a great symbol of nourishment. There's a spiritual nourishment that I just, I know that I am empowered to be holy if I just don't let myself get in the way that I have within me only because of God's good grace and his love and his spirit to, to face whatever challenge is, is thrown down. And so yeah, that, I guess that's a, that's the heart of my Eucharistic devotion right there. Hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you, Father Greg. So it's once again, um, not only the, the highest of the high, the top of the mountain, but it, it's also the daily slog of getting up that mountain. So, um, Father Kevin, uh, what uh, experiences or um, what does the Eucharist mean to you? I guess that's a big question as a priest and as a yeah. fellow human. But um, yeah, can you share a little <laughs> bit about that? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I got a bit of a story of my own journey, um, which also maybe plays into why I wanted to start this to this podcast. So for me, uh, I was born and raised Catholic, like probably a lot of people listening to this, though, perhaps we have some converts or some non-Catholics listening to this, too. But, uh, but growing up, I didn't um, I remember when I was young, um, when I was like in middle school, I remember one of my older brothers telling me uh Kevin, did you know that we as Catholics, we believe that when the priest prays at mass, that the bread and wine really becomes the body and blood uh, of Jesus Christ, like actually, not just symbolically. And I remember the first thing I thought when I heard that was, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard, right? Because, <laughs> you know, the priest prays and it still looks like a little wafer of bread and a little bit of wine, you know, if it looks, walks like a duck, talks like a duck, you know, acts like a duck, quacks like a duck, must be a duck, right? So if it walks like, talks like bread and wine, must be bread and wine. Um but that that but then I went to college. I went to a little place called Loris College, a Catholic college in in Dubuque, where I had a lot of um, really faithful Catholic friends who really uh, challenged me on that notion, and that maybe there's this this really is this idea of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist that it's not just a symbol, and so I really had to wrestle with that. And uh, you know, I have a lot longer story of of, of kind of journeying through and wrestling with that. Um, that reality. But um, another one I'll add is I also began reading about um, in college, you know, being passionate about social issues in the world. I began reading this, uh, the words of this woman you may have heard of named Mother Teresa of Calcutta, you know, because here's this shining example of holiness in our modern world. Of this woman who just gave her life to poor support. To me, it's like, here's a woman who's tuned into the presence of God. But the more I read of her works, I began to realize she really believes in this real presence of Jesus thing. Like she talks about the Eucharist events as if that's really Jesus Christ, her Lord, right? And it would spend hours in prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. And so I'm like, well, if she really believes Jesus is there. There must be something to this. Um, so I just like really wrestled and struggled with that. 
but eventually coming to realize if this is really what we say it is, um, you know, if this Eucharist is really truly the living God, Jesus Christ, present to me, and this is the church that I can get it in, well, then there's no other church I want to be in. There's no other church I can be in because I, especially as a young college student, I was thinking I need that divine flesh in my sinful flesh. You know, as college students are very aware of some of the temptations of the flesh. And um, and so just like receiving that and, and that I'm like, if this is really what we say it is, then this is the most profound, intimate encounter with the living God that I can have um, on this earth, you know, um, and also how we talk about the source and summit, the idea of uh, of love being a part of it. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, connecting to the body of Christ. That's excellent, Father Kevin. Um, so it sounds like, too, I mean, you're on the journey. You're, I know you play, yeah. you journey, and you adventure up that mountain. Um, yeah. But also it, it connects us uh, transcendentally and spiritually and sacramentally to uh, the highest of the high. But then also, like the crossbeam, um, it mm-hmm. spreads us out to our neighbor as well. Right. And so we've got the connection to above, and then we've got connection mm-hmm. to left and right, too. So um, not only is the Eucharist a... Uh, a big deal, <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. also um, a devotion, but then it also uh, spurs us on to charity for our neighbor. So yes. that's excellent. Um, for me, I'm glad you used the word absurd uh, because it, it really is an absurd proposition. I mean, Jesus himself in, in John six, when he um, says you must eat and my flesh and drink my blood, and then he doubles down and uses the, um, the Greek uh, equivalent of gnaw. And um, he doesn't apologize for what he says. And he uh, comes back even harder, uh, say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to fulfill um, everything I came to do. Um, and then, too, I, I find myself when I'm uh, saying mass, um, I I truly believe I'm uh, communing with Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord. But then at the same time, when I say, behold, the Lamb of God, sometimes I think, okay, did I really give my whole life for this piece of bread? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, sometimes the, it's not really, I don't know if it's doubt or not, but it's really just, okay, is this really what we're doing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I'm going to keep trusting you, Lord, because uh, mm-hmm. this is the only way I see forward. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, the highs and the lows um, yeah. are contained in the mass and in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Father Greg. Yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that just the, uh, the invitation to holiness that that is, you know, when we lift up that behold, and it is this invitation to faith that just ever deepens. The other thing that I think about when uh, uh, Father Earlywine, Kevin, Father Kevin was talking, um, we didn't we didn't talk about before this podcast what how we're going to call each other. But, <laughs> um, Most of my parishioners call me Father Kevin, but Father right, Earlywine sounds very okay. official. <laughs> um, very so, reverend father to you, but yes, yeah, I'm not a very reverend. I'm a <laughs> just kidding. Uh, coming back to like all the resources that we have, um, there's this uh, on the national level, as you mentioned, this um, um, uh, eucharisticrevival.org is a website that of the that the bishops are kind of maintaining, and it's got so many fantastic resources and all these kind of things on it. Uh, and what made me think of uh, eucharisticrevival.org um, was when uh, Father Kevin was mentioning uh, Mother Teresa, uh, Saint Mother Teresa, uh, because there's all these great. Uh, 
great saints that are outlined, Eucharistic saints that are outlined throughout the year are going to be highlighted. And I just wanted to do a little preview of the fact that um, one of our own local artists is the one that provides the uh, the woodcut art for all of the the the, the um, saints that are being uh, promoted as Eucharistic saints mm-hmm. um, in um, in this Eucharistic revival. And so, I encourage you to check out the EucharisticRevival.org. And even though this podcast wants to look local, I encourage you to do that for the sake of the fact that. Uh, we're going to be talking later about the local, the local piece of it. Mm-hmm. Father Kevin, would you like to add something? Yes. Then that that local artist you mentioned, um, we our plan is uh, my plan is to have him on a future episode uh, to talk about. He'll mention his art, but also uh, talk about music too as he works in liturgy. So that's uh, I don't know if we should mention his name yet or just surprise him when he Let's comes. Let's keep out. it a secret. All right, keep it a secret. So for so people to come back and find out it's, in future, it's episodes. a teaser. So and that's wanna, really what Oh, I just want to add one more thing too. It's just about uh I just want to add too about like, you know, of course I mentioned the Eucharist is like um really that that coming to believe in the real presence changed the course of my life quite literally, which is why I'm very passionate about doing a podcast about Eucharistic revival because like uh it, because also like, you know, we're in the midst of, you know, a time in the world when people recognize different scandals in the church and and things like that. But for me, it's like despite all of those things, it's not about, um, you know, I didn't, it, it's, that's not the thing that keeps me in is, is good and holy priests or bishops or whatever, or so thus unholy ones don't drive me away because at the end of the day, even if there's bad sinners in this place, at the end of the day, if this is the, if this is really what, if this is really Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, to me, it's like, that's what, that's the anchor of everything. That's what keeps me in. That's what keeps me going. That's what like brings me back. Um, yeah, in the ups and downs, in the mundane, in the mystical and beautiful, and and, and all of that. So, just a, as a word of encouragement to you. So, Jesus, it's all Amen. about Him. <laughs> yeah. Amen. It's all about Him. So, I hope that this episode is exactly what we intended to do, which is kind of a teaser, uh, just to introduce the idea of it and um, say that we're going to have a. a we, we have a plan too, by the way. It's not just uh, <laughs> this random idea we had on a on a Wednesday or whatever today is. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a plan. We've got speakers lined up. We've got uh, different people to interview from all different um, aspects of ministry, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. So um, the next episode, I'll have um, uh, my notes more in front of me, but um, I'm sure I'll be able to put something in the description and in, in the show notes too. And uh, I'm glad Father Greg mentioned the website. That'll be kind of the dashboard, if you will, for all the activities locally and nationally as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, do you want me to just name a couple things coming up, Eucharistic events? Yeah, yeah, I want you to right in front of me. So yeah, so just uh, as, as we said, we have our own local archdiocese, uh, Eucharistic Revival, dbqarch.org slash archdiocese and Eucharistic Revival. That lists various Eucharistic Revival events coming up. Uh, and I think also we'll have our podcasts on there as well as other podcast catching platforms, hopefully. Uh, but some events coming up, there's a couple things in Cedar Rapids. There will be a Eucharistic Miracles display for a bit um, for the next week or so yet at St. Joseph Parish in Marion. Um, then also um, Anthony Digman, a speaker in our diocese, will be going to Elizabeth Ann Seton in Hiawatha on October 22nd and uh, 23rd uh, in the evenings to give a talk on Eucharistic on the Eucharist and Eucharistic Revival. So, um, so you can visit their website for that, Elizabeth Ann Seton. Um, 
And then there'll be some different uh, Eucharistic Adoration Praise and Worship Nights happening at St. Patrick's Parish in Cedar Rapids. So I know all of those are kind of in the Cedar Rapids area, uh, but those are some things uh, approximately that are coming up. So be looking out for those, as well as we'll be letting you know about other things coming up. But in the meantime, visit our Dubuque Archdiocesan website on Eucharistic Revival to find out more. Thank you very much, gentlemen. This was a pleasure. Um, and to all our listeners, thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, it'll be a lot more exciting and a lot better. So um, <laughs> tune in we'll again. See. Come back. Come back, please. Uh, we'll be more interesting people. <laughs> we'll see you next time and we'll see you in the Eucharist. All right. Amen. God bless all.